0: This is the Introverts Bubble with a Anang of Courageous Creativity, telling introvert stories, pushing ourselves to have more adventures and misadventures, and to grow. Living life how we need it. As always, rating the podcast on any of the apps you listen to is always appreciated. Hey guys, I have an interesting and very different interview for y'all. So I have Gretchen Shanks, who is a coach, and i partially wanted to get her on here. So this is actually going to probably be a two-parter episode. So I'm, I'm actually kind of excited. That's because it's my first time woo, doing a two-part. So she is a sex and dating coach, which for me is kind of like, as an introvert, it's kind of like, that's like a two-fold thing of like, how do you do that? So thank you for coming on.
1: Oh, I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for the invitation. So I just, I really
0: want to drive right in. So how did you work through being an introvert because you said in our first kind of interaction that you uh-huh. navigating as a, in corporate, but then how you moved into being a coach, because I always feel like for some people it's coaching is a little, like it It kind of works for us because it's, it's a bit one-on-one it's very deep and everything else, but it's almost too much work for us introverts. And so how <laughs> did you get from corporate to here?
1: Well, uh, I mean, It happened just because I went through my own personal healing journey around body image and intimacy and sex. And uh, when I went through my personal journey or the the sort of deep dive on it, I was on um, a break from work. I had left one job, had the means to just take some time off because I was completely burnt out. So I took several months off and started on this journey and came out the other side, disconnected from my old field of work. I went into my corporate work. I was in the nonprofit sector and it's really driven by my passion for the mission. And while I still intellectually believe in that work, when I came out the other side of my healing journey, I just wasn't as interested in it anymore, and it ends up I am a really crappy employee when I am not passionate about what I'm doing Um, and realize it wasn't sustainable that I wasn't going to be able to get back to it successfully and looked around, sat for a while trying to figure it out and realized that everything I read about and thought about what really had my interest were issues related to sex and dating and, and relationships. And I just sort of looked around at that field to see what, what are some ways to work in that sphere and learned about the coaching role. And so uh, as an introvert, I think I just went where my energies felt enlivened, right? When I went back to the corporate nonprofit work, I was noticing doing the work that it was another energy drain instead of feeding me and helping me balance um, the drains that would come from all of the people engagement, that the work itself became a drain. And so for me going into coaching, it what really motivates me is that I'm passionate about the work that I do, and that feeds me energy. Um, and it's kind of the only way to do that work, as far as I'm aware right now. Yeah, coaching. it's definitely
0: when it comes to like uh, introverts and everything. It's like the energy is like the most important thing, which mm-hmm. is very. Pretty- it's not something that comes up very often because they're all kind of like, "Well, you, what are you qualified to do? What do you have the experience for? And it's kind of like, mm-hmm. there really should be the idea of like, what what doesn't kill you every day, pretty much? And then what doesn't <laughs> drain you? Like, I, I know some people are like, that's really dramatic. I'm like, but if you're there like your whole life and then mm-hmm. practically die when you retire, like, I'm pretty sure that, that still feels like it, it, it slowly killed you. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so, you know, how, spent, no, go ahead. Uh, I was kind of, I, I was looking back here. your thing, like, oh my God, the idea of being a former Catholic girl, <laughs> how did that make things better or easier for you
1: with being a sex coach? Well, I mean, I, having been raised Catholic and I went to Catholic schools my entire life, except for the one year of grad school. I went through through catholic schools the the rest of the way and that clearly influenced and certainly not the only factor uh, but i think was a pretty significant factor into the messed up messaging that i internalized related to sex um and that i had to do the significant work to 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 reframe other stories for myself and other other realities and when it came to actually then doing the sex coaching work i'd i'd already left catholicism uh, a number of years ago i refer to myself as a recovering catholic Um, culturally i still identify that way because it it so formed so much of my of my childhood and my upbringing but i no longer practice so from that respect, um, it, there was no real conflict or challenge there. And my, I was raised in, in, in Kentucky, and now I live on the West Coast. So it's, you know, I'm, I'm sort of, I've got a little bit of a buffer, I think, between those worlds. And they almost do exist for me as, as separate worlds.
0: Okay, I do want, I, I, I had this idea in my head i haven't been able to find someone to mm-hmm. actually asked this question so when it comes to being an introvert and being a woman did mm-hmm. the church pretty much kind of push you to be more quiet to not rock the boat which a lot of introverts always feel like we shouldn't do because it's a lot of energy and it requires a crowd to do stuff mm-hmm. like that and does the church kind of push that because that's what they want you to be as a female
1: I mean, yeah, I, I don't know that I have enough of a perspective to disentangle how much of that conditioning around being modest, uh, being humble, not taking up a lot of space, uh, thinking about others before yourself, right? I don't know how much of that socialization is that I received is from Catholicism and how much of it is from just our culture, generally, that teaches girls that that's our role to take in society right and certainly as an introvert um, there were elements of it that that were just natural to follow that way because it was easier right it was less energy expenditure to just sort of hang back and be the quiet one or the humble one or take up less space although I also was a bit of a chatterbox as a kid so there was a bit of a bit of a of a tension there between the two.
0: Oh yeah like it's so strange when they're they're like they get very annoyed with when you're really young because i feel like with a <laughs> lot of parents they have the uh, like oh my god you're not hitting a milestone yet but when we mm. get older they would want you to keep back what you had before and it's like it's, it's such a contradiction yeah. on itself i'm kind of like but you didn't want me to like you wanted me to talk just enough so i can be articulate, but not enough said, you're, I want to, what you think is talking back?
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Super confusing.
0: And so how did, how, do you have family and friends who knew you enough earlier in, in life with schooling or in your corporate life that now know you as a sex coach?
1: Well, now pretty much everyone does. When I first uh, embarked on the sex coaching work, I worked really hard to keep them separate. I say that. I didn't work too terribly. I didn't have to work hugely hard just because I wasn't active on social media then. So it was easier for me to keep the world separate. Um, And I very gradually uh, let some of my connections, friends from my past corporate world know about the work that I do now. So I sort of went to people individually as I gained more confidence and comfort around it. But eventually I realized that that was holding me back as a coach in terms of marketing my business and that I was in a unique position to be able to model uh, acceptance, embracing what I do, uh, normalizing talking about sex and sexual challenges. Um, And so started becoming more active on social media with these topics and at that point, You know, I'm not connected to everyone in my past life on on Facebook or Instagram, but certainly a high percentage of of those folks. Uh, So now, if if they're active on there, they have they have uh, likely seen and heard that this is what I'm doing.
0: And no one's really like brought it up as like, "What are you doing? Why is why was this an option?" Kind of thing. Like, no one was really mean about it.
1: No, I've been, I'm really fortunate. No one, no one has it all. And also when I, you know, when the first thing I, I opened up to people about before I became the coach was the fact that I was going through my own journey, healing journey. I started working with um, a tantric practitioner quite a few years ago and that's where I got started. And so that was the first thing that I very slowly and sort of picking out individuals to open, the, open up to about this. But I would start telling people about that. And everyone, I mean, you know, and I chose the people I trusted most to be the first people that I revealed these things to. Um, but to a person, everyone's been really accepting if they've had any kind of, more negative reactions or thoughts about it, they've kept them to themselves. I think one, I think I've, I've done a pretty decent job over the years of curating my friends and my circle, um, apparently, and also I'm never apologetic about it. I'm never, I you know, when I share it, I share it matter of factly, like of course this is what I'm doing now. And, um, and so I think I, I've signaled to people that that yeah this is this is the thing i say that and the people most likely to have that kind of reaction um i don't see that often yeah that, so that's right the kind of
0: thing i was wondering i'm like it's probably going to be like the your aunt that's in a different state or right the cousin right. that like well, you see at
1: christmas <laughs> <laughs> well and the the sad truth is that most of those people that uh My my family in Kentucky, especially outside of my immediate, although some of my more immediate family too, have unfriended me on Facebook, and they did that ages ago because of politics. Because the one thing, even before my coaching work, that I would be vocal about on social media, I never shared anything personal, but I would share political views. um, And eventually, noticed that several of my family members had unfriended me on Facebook. So oh no you know (laughs) it's it's sad and it's also um yeah like it's I it's unfortunate but I you know I I'm also unapologetic about my political views so yeah
0: and I feel like that's kind of a nice thing like us introverts are kind of like that's kind of the best way for people to get out of your lives because instead of having a confrontation they just kind of go away like it's just they ghost you they fade and, and some people are always kind of like I hate when people ghost me and sometimes I'm I'm always like nope I'm good with that and like I as long as they you know that if they didn't like ring me out long term and mm-hmm. then ghost me but mm-hmm. then they just ghost that out of nowhere and I don't have to talk to them okay well that's trash taking itself out I guess
1: <laughs> right I mean it's you know it's I'm a little conflicted about it and also know that um I am not going to change my views. I'm not going to hide them. So and if that's what they feel they need to do, all right, it's disappointing. And, you know, I'll survive. I am thriving in spite of that.
0: Yeah. And the thing is, like, some people kind of don't realize when you put out the things you put on, like, Facebook are not rarely, they're rarely, like, really, really big, deep things. They're kind of just like, Mm -hmm. it's a talking point. It's It's a... It's a fact that you're sharing. It's a video you're sharing, which right. could be political, could be something about the medical stuff and everything else. But it's like, if you have a problem with it or they feel attacked, or like, well, I didn't actually personally say it was you. So what exactly are <laughs> right. you getting out of this?
1: <laughs>
0: right. Okay. So how did you kind of wound your way to what exactly you coach and teach about in your business, cause like, I know enough people when it comes to, especially with coaching, but like really any business, you kind of, mm-hmm. you weave your way around, you try to figure out what works for mm-hmm. you. Like what it was the trial and error you kind of went through?
1: Well, I, um, first I honestly, it's someone suggested to me when I was floundering after realizing I no longer had passion for the corporate work, the work that I used to do, and I needed a shift and, oh, it feels like I, I should do something in the sex dating relationship space. Someone suggested um, that I'd be a dating coach and I felt really drawn to that, but realized, oh, for me, my pathway into confidence and dating was to address my sexual uh, challenges and messed up stories I had about myself in that sphere so I'm like all right I'll be a sex and dating coach and I created a website that articulated what I thought about the work then how I imagined what I imagined the things are that I would focus on and then I actually got training for the sex coaching side of things and I got trained in a, in a particular methodology called the Somatica method. And it's an experiential approach to sex and relationship coaching. And um, I was captivated by it. And am a big, big fan of Somatica and its approach to these issues and the things that people struggle with and when it comes to intimacy. And so that really ended up shaping in a a significant way what I focus on. And then just paying attention to what feels good when I do the client sessions and do the work and 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 I'm writing content, what feels good to to work on, what feels more in flow and, and energizes me versus what feels like it's a drain on me and just trying to pay attention to that and adjust sort of how I how I think about my niche and my approach and, and that sort of thing.
0: Do you have
1: any good like freebies you have on your
0: website or anything you wanna uh, give people?
1: Uh, yeah, I actually have a freebie I offer uh, for a yes, no, maybe checklist. I call it a sexual exploration checklist. So that's available My website is gretchenshanks.com and the checklist is available at gretchenshanks.com forward slash checklist.
0: Awesome. And I will actually link that for everyone else if they want to see it. And, but yeah, if they want to just, before they look bad, they can just start clicking themselves and search for it. So thank you for coming on. This was definitely very helpful and I'm excited for all this information out there. And I might actually start, might grab that checklist myself.
1: (laughs) Yay, me too. Thank you so much. I had such a fun time. Thanks for
0: listening. Check out the show notes for the links to the blog and my Patreon, where you can get more info, check out products. Hit me up on Instagram at The Introverts Bubble or Courageous Creativity.